The views and opinions expressed in this presentation by the hosts and guests are those of the individuals providing them and do not necessarily reflect those of the production company or distributors. I'm Tina McElroy-Anza, and welcome to Two Old Chicks Who Know A Lot Of Shit, episode five. Uh -huh, Wanda. I'm here with my friend and my former college freshman college roommate, friend of 50 years, Wanda Lloyd. Hi, hey, Wanda. Hey there. Hey there. Hey, listen, <laughs> Tina, before we get too far into this episode, I want to point out that as of this recording, we're really close to our goal of getting more than 100 people to subscribe to us on YouTube. So so I would say to our listeners, please, 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 if you haven't already subscribed on YouTube, please go ahead and do that now while you're listening and tell your friends and your family members, come on in, subscribe as well. Absolutely. I would tell your neighbors, everybody, the guy down at the corner store, we want to... We want you all to come listen. Thank you. That that is a very timely and good reminder. Thank you, Wanda, for uh, for mm -hmm. that. So, now let's get into the conversation. This time, we're, I think we're both a little excited about this episode. Yeah. This time, we're going to be talking about self care, how we take care of ourselves. You know that too many times we women are really good at taking care of everybody else, but not so good about ourselves. All right, Wanda. Uh-huh. Tina, I can't wait to get into this conversation because I'm one who hasn't always put myself first. And I'm still not sure that I do a good job of taking care of me now. And, um, and Tina, as we started putting our thoughts together for this episode, it, it seems that the three parts came together in some way about our own self-care. So this should be very interesting. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I, I'm, re I'm ready to dig in. So let's do our check-ins. Okay. I sure am. I'm ready to do that too. This uh, this check-in is a segment uh, it, about a way for us to highlight some of our the personal things we're doing and things that are going on in our personal lives, and then some things about the work we're doing. So, um, Tina, can I still say in our season years? No, Wanda. No, you cannot no. say season. We have banished seasoned from the universe. We cannot say it. We had a viewer who messaged me mm -hmm. and said four words. What? Skinless, period. Chicken, period. Breast, period. Seasoned. And then she had this ugly face, this emote, and I felt exactly the same way. So we have heard <laughs> from our listeners, and they don't want any more seasoned. I okay. Although you said that I said it one time, but I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Okay. Well, we heard from at least one listener. So I'll try to keep that out of my vocabulary, but I probably am using it somewhere else. So we'll I'm see sure how that will. works out. I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Tina, this is about post-its and calendars. So what's on, what's one of your post-its this time? Well, my post-it is very important. This is mm -hmm. it. And it says, call my Dr. Carter. Mm. Uh let me tell you what I've been going through again. I tried to ignore my increasingly hip pain for as long as I did, mm -hmm. as long as I could. First, my friend Anita offered to connect me with her chiropractor. 
Then Wanda here, uh, who I listened to very, very closely, said idly one day, nonchalantly, uh, Tina, you know, you're going to have to see about that hip. And it just resonated. She said it quietly. But you know how when your friend <laughs> said something, I knew she was at the end. So I agreed and, you know, went on to something else. Then another friend of mine reminded me of my mother's journey with her joints and, uh, and, and the, you know, the measure she had to take for her knees and how she took care of it. And, you know, I said, girl, you know, you're right. Uh-huh. I'm going to do all that. But I didn't do anything until it all coalesced for me. Hmm. And I thought, girl, what's the matter with you? You can't move around here. You can't do the things that you love. He says, take care of yourself. So self-care is our topic for the entire show. And it means a lot to me. It means caring about yourself, caring about others. So, uh, you know, I think like many baby boomers, we think we're sort of invincible. I thought so. I bounced around the garden into the store to pick up my groceries and down to the pier on the pretense of going to the library when all I wanted to do was just sit and, and look at the ocean. Um, I think I told you one, once or twice, you got to get out of that garden, garden, Tina. You know, you're lifting heavy bags and dirt and putting stuff in the compost pile. So, you know, you... I don't know you. We're women of a certain age. I'm not saying that word, of course. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Noted. Noted. Unappreciated. Uh, but finally, you know, I knew it was time to check on, uh, check on myself. But for the medical professional. Um, but I was busy and working on new books. I'll tell you about that later on in the later show. Uh, starting a podcast, as you know, meeting at the table. Our our uh, collection is over Wanda's. Uh, Right Shoulder, uh, our collection of uh, essays by African-American women that we published in November of, there we go, November of 2020. You know, I seem to be having a renewed life and, you know, blah, 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 blah. The, the, the bottom line is I put it off. I just yeah, it off. Uh, uh, that's what we do, ladies. We, we keep going like the, the Energizer Bunny sometimes. <laughs> we thinking our batteries won't ever give out. But Tina, they eventually do, don't they? Our bodies tell us that, don't they? They sure do. I know they do. I know. And with, in my case, you know, it's like podcaster, influencer, heal yourself. You know, you go around talking, give, you know, talking about about um, uh, self-care and giving other people guidance of what we think, what I think is guidance. And I really wasn't paying attention to, you know, to my own body and to my own life. So um, I really want to give a shout out to my friends and our listeners and to spirit. Y'all all saw me and responded and urged me and pushed me and yanked me until I got some help. Y'all insisted on it. And I'm glad mm. that you did. Thank you so much. Well, so, good. What's on I'm your glad mind? you're feeling a little better and I hope yeah. you, you know, continue to feel better. But I we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. Isn't that nice? I feel I love being watched. Thank you. I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> You can't love me too much. That's me. <laughs> so, Wanda, yeah. we know that you love your Google Calendar as much as I love my posters. So, uh, what's on the what's on your Google uh, Calendar this time? Okay, so suddenly uh, my calendar has three things sort of coming together. Three things that sort of tell us uh, life is nothing but a circle. You know, we call it the circle of life. Some are very happy and fulfilling, and then there's some things that, you know, that can be sad. So this circle, or my circle, consists of, a, of the following, a wedding, a funeral, and a new baby. Doesn't that sound like a movie? 
Yeah. 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 Or a book. Who knows? It could be a book someday. There you go. Yeah. So well, first, I, I don't have this circle of life. Yeah. So the, this is my circle of life. So first, I don't think I've mentioned it yet that my daughter Shelby is Yay! getting married. Yay! Yay! Yeah. So we're planning a wedding in September and September 2021. Really happy about that. Love, love, love her fiance. Oh. But this is but this is a busy time. Every day she calls me with um, three or four. Or sometimes I think yesterday she called me with five things to put on my list for wedding planning. Man, you you are the busiest mother of the bride I have ever met, and I've met some, you know, because Shelby keeps thinking you get you get things done too quickly, Wanda, and then it gives her time to think about well. Is that what it is? Oh yeah. gosh. <laughs> Well, it's, you see, I'm having as much fun with, with Wanda's daughter's wedding as she is, almost. Yeah. Well, I'm enjoying it. it, it I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And um, I think she appreciates We had a conversation today about how much she appreciates all the work that I'm helping her with. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So second, the funeral. So sadly, um, I got a call early one morning recently telling me that my Aunt Terry, who lives in another state, had passed away. Now, um, first, she just turned 93 years old a few days ago. So she had a long and full life. Her, her name was uh, Terry Springer. Um, some of the, uh, of the the old chicks that listen to us might recognize that name. Um, her married name was Walker, so Terry Springer Walker. And she was beautiful, statuesque, elegant, just a delightful person. She was a model for the Ebony Fashion Fair. In fact, she was the first dark skin model for Fashion Fair. So, you know, before Wanda, you... I, re I remember her. I remember her. Oh, I remember mm -hmm. her pictures. The Fashion Fair would come to Macon, Georgia, which is my town, you know, every mm -hmm. whenever it would come. And that was a big deal because, you know, we weren't Atlanta and we weren't Savannah. We were Macon and these beautiful, elegant women. And I remember yeah. her and I remember the, 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 uh, the promotion, the talk was that she was uh, the first dark skin. Right, um, yeah. Which, so, you know, which which uh, reflects on all of us. We'll talk about that uh, sometime later as well. But yeah. uh, I remember how beautiful she was. She was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, uh -huh. she was. So, um, you know, before Mom, before Naomi Campbell, before any of the other darker skin models, Terry Springer was it. Um, but back to the calendar, even though she was living in Ohio, the family will be bringing her body to Savannah to be buried next to her beloved husband, my uncle Watson. So I'll be planning the burial part of, of all of this, um, celebration of her life. So that's the second part of the circle that's on my calendar. And then the third part, um, number three is not exactly news about my family, but Tina, you know how people come into your life and you informally adopt them. Yes, you you know, they, they just become your children or your cousin or something like that. So mm -hmm. when we moved to Savannah, our dear friends, April and Mikhail, young couple, called my husband and me, Mama Lloyd and Papa Lloyd. They still call us that. <laughs> they they moved to Nashville a couple of years ago. They had a, a, a job change that sent them to Nashville, a wonderful job change. Um, and I got to go to Nashville briefly for my um, uh, book tour last year for my memoir. And they were one of the first people that I saw and we just hugged and hugged and hugged. Now they're having a baby. And so it's on my calendar, an invitation to a virtual baby shower. So 
So the actual reminder was just to go ahead and, and order the gift for the baby so, so it can get there in time for the shower. So those are the three things, a wedding, a funeral, and a baby. The circle of life, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah, you're blessed to have that. We're going yes. about self-care today. We've been talking about this already uh, uh, in, in some ways, but our whole program is about self-care. We're going to be talking about something that you and I need to remind each other about, as you did with my uh, with my doctor's appointment and, and getting on my hip. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and as you know, these, these two old chicks are have been working and zooming and caregiving in the last few years. And we've been writing and editing and publishing books and helping others write other writers and speaking to dozens of groups like universities and book clubs and uh, book festivals. Oh, we love book festivals. I miss book festivals so much. Oh gosh, we're going to go on book festivals, Wanda, I promise. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, the list I, did, I did book, I did virtual book festivals last year, but I never got to go to a real one. I miss that. You know, that's, where, that's really where you meet other writers and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't see them, you know, in, in your day-to-day life. We're, we're scattered all over everywhere. But in book festivals, you know, I think the partying, and it's, it's mild partying, the partying and the get-together is, is as important to uh, the mm-hmm. writers as, the, uh, as the, the writers being there are important to the readers. Yeah, yeah, I kind of anticipated very much like what we did with in journalism because I would go to journalism com- conferences and it's the same thing, you know, the, the big thing, we would go to workshops, but the big thing was just the um, the networking that we did with other journalists. So I really love You know, mm-hmm. the camaraderie, you know, that we're in this together. We all understand each other. It, it is very nice. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Wanda. So, so, yeah. So from time to time, to time I hear you and you hear me uh, when we say, what are you doing to take care of you? This is, this is so important. So we wanted to have a conversation today about self-care. Tina, I had two role models that taught me to take some time from me, that pampering myself was a way to take a break from the rat race of working long hours or taking care of the people around me. One of those was a former boss. Her name was Karen. And Karen uh, hired me at USA Today. And as a deputy managing editor, I had a weekly deadline every Thursday at 1130 because we were preparing for a meeting that would take place, a planning meeting to plan our stories for the next week. And this meeting would take place every Thursday at noon. And so I had to have my budget, my, my list of all the stories for the week ready and make copies of it and get it to the conference room where we we're going to have this meeting. So every Thursday... I ne- and I needed input from Karen. I needed to say, what about this? Or what about that? Or what do you think I- we should do about that? And every Thursday at 11 o'clock, I would go looking for her. And I was like, you know you know what it's like to be on deadline. You know, I got 30 minutes. I got to get this done. I got 15 minutes. I got to get this done. Oh, my well, God. Wanda, I was just laughing because I was I was imagining you. You know, you like to have your ducks in a row. And, I do. Uh, you, you were go- going looking for the person. Karen was, she was gone every single Thursday at 11 o'clock. I miss her. So one time I just said to the, to the um, this administrative assistant in our department, why can't I find her after 11 o'clock on Thursday? And you know what she said to me, Tina? 
What? She said, oh, she has a standing appointment every Thursday at 11 o'clock to get her nails done. We were in one of those high-rise buildings with little buildings with little shops downstairs yeah. on the on the you know on the bottom level, and she uh -huh. would run down there every Thursday, which said to me she took the time out of her life to get something done for her once a week that she would get a manicure. I had never even had a manicure. This would have been in the in the nineteen eighties. I was hmm, forty something years uh -huh. old, I guess. Yeah, you were getting those meetings together and making sure that the paper I, got out every yeah, day. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. And it was Karen who taught me that you really have to take a little bit of time out of your life. She was a mother. In fact, she at that time, she was a single mother uh, of one daughter. She was running a department. You know, she was a busy, busy person. And she found the time to do that. The other person that influenced me and in taking the time out for myself was my own mother. So after my mother retired, she probably did this before she retired, but I just didn't notice. Um, she would have a standing appointment every Friday morning at 7.30. She was going to go get her hair done. 7.30 a.m. Same beautician, same shop, same appointment. And same hair time, same hair channel. Yeah. Same thing. It, it was like she took the time to say, I'm going to do this for myself. And I'm going to do it weekly because, you know, sometimes people go to beauty shop every other week or, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't as often. But she just decided she wanted to be beautiful all week. And so she got she got her hair done. And I noticed that, you know, this was important to her because for both of them, this was a time for them to just sit down, let somebody else do something for them, relax, sit in one place, treat me like a queen, the queen that I am. Be, I'm going to be the center of attention. And I didn't know that I was supposed to do that until much, much later in life. Well, as you said earlier, you know, you pamper, we pamper other people. And the pampering, you know, we, we often forget uh, to pamper ourselves. Before we go on, I want to mm -hmm. just say, you know, because you said we pamper ourselves, we need to pamper ourselves. So I do have three things that I'm doing to pamper myself now. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's hear so, Okay, so you're familiar with all these because you hear me talk about them all the time. The first is every day I walk my dog, Bella, twice a day. Every single day. Um, unless I'm going out of town, which, of course, I haven't done for a long time because of COVID. I'm, I'm out there probably about 9 o'clock in the morning and again around 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the evening. This gives me a chance, I think, for me to get outside, meet neighbors. Um, I listen to music. I listen to books. Uh, while podcast. we're yeah, I, I listen to podcasts absolutely. So it it really forces me to stop working, pull away from the computer, and just go for a walk and enjoy nature. And sometimes I'm running through the raindrops like I was today, but for the most part, it's just a fun thing to do. The second is, I like to color, um, and I color mostly before I go to bed. So when I was at Savannah State University, I was um, chair of the Department of Journalism and Mass Comm. I was talking to a student who was telling me a few of her um, challenges. She was having some emotional challenges. And she told me that her mother bought her a coloring book and some pencils, some colored pencils, because that was a way for her to calm down and just do something mindless before she studied or after she studied. Mm -hmm. And and I was I was mentioning to her that I, you know, we all have 
things in our lives, you know, being a caregiver, taking, you know, making sure that my family was okay, running a department at a university. And I said, you know, I ought to try something like that someday. Didn't do anything about it. When I went out of town a few, a few weeks later, I came back and on my desk was a coloring book and a little pack of pencils and a note from this student. She said, Professor Lloyd, I want you to slow down. I want you to color. Oh my need goodness. To do this. It was the most wonderful gift I've gotten in, in like forever. Wow. So um that was this that's the second time. So I still do that. And then you know that's this, the, the most wonderful coloring gift you've ever gotten. Well, okay. It's the second most wonderful gift because <laughs> for my birthday recently, <laughs> Tina gave me two coloring books, but the most important part of it was she gave me a package of shades of brown pencils color coloring yeah colored coloring pencil yeah so i can now color the people in different shades of brown i don't have to decide if this is a white person or a dark skinned person an african-american i can do all kinds of shades just like we are no, you know we I, come I, in I, all I, shades before, so, I, before i gave it to you i took took it out of the box and found my shades but so i'll know uh -huh. what my shade is next time yeah, yeah. And I'm enjoying them. I'm, all, I'm all, Of course, I'm already using them. And then I'll just say briefly, my last um, thing that I try to do for myself is I try to take care of my skin. I try to take care of my face. So when my mother passed away, I noticed on her dresser were some um, moisturizers that were sort of high-end moisturizers, but just mm -hmm. a little tiny bit. And, mm -hmm. and again, I went, hmm, am I supposed to be moisturizing my face every day? Nobody told me that. And so now, of course, I moisturize my face every day. So those are just three things that I, I do for myself. So what about you, Tina? What are some of your self-care things or routines? Well, some of those I didn't know. I had never heard before. Stories I'd never heard before. That was, those were wonderful. Well, you know what I do. Um, my self-care involves two things. Mm -hmm. um, one is in a place, something in a place that leads me to something in another place. But in both places, I get self-care. And folks who know me understand that my garden is my, my place mm -hmm. of self-care. You just said I have to drag me out of there. And that, that's true. I would, I would sleep out there, you know, if I, if I could in the summertime. My garden is actually a rather small patch of ground. When people see it and I've been talking about it, I can feel them saying, hmm, that's a little, but it's a small patch, but it's just right. We, we thought you had two acres out there in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I do sometimes. And sometimes when you're, as you well know, fertilizing and, and weeding and stuff, it feels like two acres. But mm -hmm. it's the perfect garden for me. Uh, it's uh, It kind of reminds me, uh, it's a small patch of ground. And especially as far as southern gardens go, as you said, uh, it's planned and laid out and seeded just the way I want it to. There's nothing out there that I don't want and everything I want is there. Uh, and I did it myself. You know, I actually, it looks a bit messy. It's kind of like me. But at first sight, it looks like, well, what is here? Where are you growing things? It's, it's just a jumble. But I have I have a, a, a pattern and, and, you know, lay it out in my head. So it's so messy on, you know, on first sight, but it's clearly organized in my head. And I seriously took up gardening. We talked about this the other day in my 30s. Mm -hmm. uh, I tell young people, you know, you really can't grow a good garden in your 20s. You know, don't even try. You know, wait till your 30s. Um, but I wanted very much to, you know, to be outside. And I, so I left the garden. I usually approach my gardens, which is the one place I'm saying where I start 
with my self-care, which is outside, with the idea of taking me to another place. And the second place is inside at my desk where I mm -hmm. want to write. So my writing for me is not all work. You know, I write to to um to to a journal. I write to, you know, put things down that I want to remember. I write on my post-it, you know, notes. I, I write all the time and I and I'm uh and I don't always know where it's going to go. Sometimes I don't know whether it's going to be you know fiction or nonfiction, but writing is where I want to get to. And so what I do is I find that getting out in the garden uh gives me this sort of freedom to to think, think, let my mind go, let my imagination and my memory uh, and, you know, and my thoughts, uh, character, characterizations of other people. And because I'm doing sort of heavy work, you know, mindless, sometimes heavy work, it mm -hmm. allows my brain to be free. It's the, it really is an amazing thing that, you know, you sort of wear your body out and, and your brain goes free. So, so it bring, that's my second stage is my creativity and my writing. So it's my garden, which is my first, uh, stage of uh of of self-care that leads me outside that leads me you know to my writing many young writers neophytes will ask this is a question they ask all the time Wanda. i know you've heard it you know mm -hmm. what's your process you know how do you get into your writing and what these young folks uh, young writers beginning writers are really saying is you know how do i do it they want, they want asking you how do you do it but in response what they're lo really looking for is you know how do they do it and you you know you can tell them all kinds of things about deep breathing and and all the rest but for me you have to find your own best place and for me i want to be led into the, led into my writing and so i can point out uh that my time is spent in the garden digging and planting and feeling the warmth of the sun on my face and hearing the animal chirps and the bird chirps calls and taking deep breaths of the air from the, the marsh that's, that surrounds us here. They all lead me to my safe place. They all lead me to my place of creativity. So it's just my, my garden is my first place of, uh, of uh, self-care. My first spot of self-care being outside is part of that too but i also like part of my self-care is being quiet inside and writing from what i've gotten from when i've been out in the garden the ideas that have come to me out in the garden Athena, i had no idea that you could put gardening and writing together unless you're writing about gardening so that was very very interesting to me yeah <laughs> now, that, was sort of, that was sort of my circle of life Wanda, actually. i guess it is i guess it is now when you talk about self-care in the garden when i visited you not too long ago you were walking through that garden with no shoes on so we need to think, think about that okay you need you may need to put some shoes on at some point be careful I know. I was talking to my neighbor one day, and it was fallish. It was cool, and we were out on the road, and we were just we were just chatting. And she looked down, and she said, "Tina, where are your shoes?" And she said, "It just like she was my mama." And I said, "They're inside." And I, you know, I had to go ahead and put on my shoes. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know me. I'm going to remind you. Yeah. So, um, Tina, we asked some of our um, followers on social media to tell us about some of their own self-care habits. We just kind of threw it out there, sent them some, in, in some cases, I think you sent people personal notes. We posted it on our social media. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's go ahead and share some of the self-care things 
that um, <laughs> some of our followers do. We got some great questions. We really did. And some that you know brought up questions even you know with us. Oh, well, what do you know? I'm not sure does that. Uh, Michelle mm -hmm. said, we're using first names. Michelle mm -hmm. said her self-care is to calm down and take care of myself. She sketches in pastels and charcoals and she paints in oils. And she takes a virtual art class on Saturdays. That's mm. her self-care. Okay. Tanisha said her self-care includes having a totally unscheduled day doing whatever she wants to do. I guess that means one day a week. This might include watching movies, reading a book, or doing nothing at all. I like that nothing at all part. I, I, I aspire to get to that. Yeah, you do find yourself jumping up to do stuff when you're even, yeah. even up giving yourself that time. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jenny said her self-care can be so many things. But for her, this includes taking care of her mental, physical, and financial health. This may also include doing yoga, meditating, weight training, and continuous and continuous financial literacy. So Dawn said she likes to exercise. Uh, she rides a bike and she just got a squat. Oh my gosh, this this hurts me just to say it. A squat assist machine that also mimics rowing. I'm going to say that again, a squat assist machine. I can't even visualize what that looks like. She said, I have an outdoor bike, but I've mostly been using my indoor bike. I try to push my body. And she said, exercise helps settle my spirit. Shelby, oh. Shelby, Shelby said something. Shelby girl said, here are a few from, my, from me and my younger coworkers. Baths with candles and tea. Shopping online, I'm good on that one. Adult coloring, she must have learned got that, that from, from me. Mm. Yeah. Crafting, video games, and I love this one. This is so Shelby. I also like to visit my local wine tasting room at least once a month and, and taste two ounce pours of the new bottle. Yeah, that one didn't surprise me, but guess what did surprise me? Video what? games. I have never seen that child play video games, so I, I got to... I'm, I learned something about my own daughter. Isn't that something? Video games. Mm -hmm. Who's, who do we have up next? Yeah, Sheila says she takes long walks. Girl after my own heart. She eats well. She exercises. And she starts her day with a positive attitude of gratitude. That's a great one. Uh, Conda says she reads. She makes candles. And she gardens. You and I and were I by that one because we, we, we thought about making candles. We never kind of thought about doing I that. I know. I know Condes, so I'm going to have to have a conversation with her about making those candles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Narissa said um, that she's part of a Black folks in the water group that takes over the beach every Sunday. That's her self-care. She goes to the beach every Sunday with a group of, of, of folks taking over the beach. I wonder what that looks like. That's a kind of interesting. Peachy yeah. said my self-care ritual rituals are not a singular thing. It's a way of life. It starts with extending to myself the grace that I extend to others. I spend time in solitude, in stillness, in daily meditation. I get my rest. I laugh as much as I can. I listen to my body. And I don't ignore aches and pains. Okay. Did you hear that, Tina? I, I heard I didn't ignore it. She was gonna let that one go. Okay. And because it's true, you know, I can't hear it too much. And and the folks listening to us, y'all yeah. can't hear it too much because it's, right. it's the truth, it's wisdom, and it's uh it's it's self-care. 
Yeah. So um, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this one right. Demine, do you know her personally? Or you know her? Uh -huh. Demine. Mm -hmm. Demine, okay. Demine said, as nutty as it may sound, <laughs> nothing makes me feel better than cleaning. I mean, when I'm in the mood and have the time for a true deep cleaning, it's soothing. She said, I wash the floors on my hands with just a bucket of citrus water and a rag. I'll do laundry and fold it fresh out of the dryer, scrub, and then scrub windows. She said, the sense of the cleaning solutions, the solitude, the ability to sit back and look at a clean house, cleaning without having to think about anything else but the task, makes me feel good. Well, you know, we were surprised uh, at that one, yeah. actually, you know, because uh, uh, cl cleaning is not a uh, it's that's not work. High, yeah, it's not high. Yeah, that's work. That's not high on on our uh, uh -uh. on our scale. But uh, after we after that came in, I started thinking that you know, in the in the wintertime, I do like to wash dishes by hand. There is something soothing about that. You know, some people like to think while they iron because it's sort of uh, sort of mindless work. But uh, Denine is saying that she uh, she does it very mindfully, not as mindless work. She likes the. Uh, mm -hmm. How lovely. How nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, I lost my face. Oh, Shay. Shay mm -hmm. next. Yes. Shay said, I take at least one day, one day a week as a silent day. I put my name on the calendar. I don't talk on the phone. I don't do any mail or any texting. Only in a limited way. In the late afternoon, I do some, some texting. No TV. I sit with myself in the quiet and I listen. Mm, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I wish I could do that. That would be nice. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll take this last one, Tina. Crystal, if that's if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Crystal is in her 30s and she said her self-care regimen includes several things. She she listed a few things. She said, I give myself permission to move at the pace that makes me feel the most present in my body and space and in space. She said, I usually try and do something where I get to be nice and soft to myself, like take a long shower with special soaps and allow myself to take a long time lotioning after that. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. And she said, I ground myself. Instead of jumping on the shower, jumping out, putting on some lotion, putting on uh -huh. the and going on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of doing that. That's right. Because that's usually what I do. I just jump from one thing to the other. And then she said, finally, she said, I ground myself. Spiritual care is, is self-care to me. So I dedicate some time to cleansing through prayer, uh, dance, song, altar building, watering my plants, writing and reading affirmations, reading for colored girls aloud, etc. So, So Tina, as we finish this discussion about self-care, it reminds me... Um, about your post-it um, about going to the doctor when your body said something is wrong. So whatever self-care routines reincorporate, it's clear that we need, to, we need to be intentional about taking care of ourselves as much as possible. And we need to look out for each other. Yes, we do. We need to listen to our bodies from now on as well as listen to our friends. You know, I feel better just talking about self-care. I really yeah. do.
We have lived long enough to know a lot of stuff. So we love this last segment. We, uh, we call it dropping some wisdom. Um, and, you know, we still hear from our, our listeners who say, man, this is the best part of the show. We love this. So, Tina, you go first. What's your wisdom this time? I'm laughing. I'm laughing, listeners, because Wanda loves this section. Before we, we got feedback about it, she loved it for the bit because she came up with dropping some wisdom. And, oh, yeah, she thought she was so cool with that one. It is kind of cool. It is. Yeah, you, 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 deserve, you deserve to take a bow for that one. So we're dropping some wisdom. Uh, my wisdom this, this time is uh, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Something you tell me all the time. Oh, my goodness. I believe that I have intoned this wisdom to every person I've ever talked to for more than three times. After three times, I know I've said it. You can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. You know, it's interesting how wisdoms come to you. A bits of wisdom come to you. Um, my sister, my older sister, found this nugget about being in the frame in an old uh, cookbook written and published by a group of church ladies mm. from a church she knew nothing about. She found it at a, at a uh, she liked to collect old books and she found it at a garage sale. And um, it was decades ago that she found it. And she told me this and she taught it to me. And it's the kind of wisdom that gets richer and deeper each time you hear it as you get older and all the rest. So this is it. Imagine a frame painting uh, on the wall, on a bare wall. That includes your image and your situation, whatever you're going through, probably chaos, you know, anxiety, confusion, you know, mm -hmm. when you're looking, you're looking for some kind of clarity. Now, leaving the painting behind, step out of the frame, you're leaving behind the picture, your situation is still there. You step out of the frame, walk a few steps and turn around. Mm. outside the frame before you just had one view and clearly that view wasn't getting you anywhere you step outside the frame you step outside whatever your situation is and all of a sudden you have perspective and you can see this person over here trying to help you who's not even in the frame or you know somebody you went to school with it is such a good good lesson in perspective you won't be able to see the entire picture when you're inside the frame mm -hmm. when you're inside the picture but when you're out, that's when you can really see what's going on. Uh, I've had so many people call me back, you know, because I've, I've told it to, to folks like, you know, when I'm calling about my telephone bill or something, if, mm -hmm. uh, you know me, I start a conversation with anybody. And, and many times my little school girls, little school boys will say, you know, they'll hear maybe, I guess, acceptance or kindness or something in my voice. And they'll say, oh, Miss Tina, they take that, you know, they take that. <laughs> I didn't tell them they could call me that, but they said, you know, Miss Tina, you know, I've been having this, you know, you sound like you. And I, I pulled this one out. I said, you know, you're just, you just, you just can't see what's going on. You know, you're probably being blessed. What you need to do, step mm -hmm. out the picture because you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Right. So Wanda, what is your wisdom for today? What's, excuse me, what's your, what you dropping today with? What kind of <laughs> well, Tina, um, my wisdom is, Keep the salt nearby. Keep the salt nearby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So let me tell you what that means. So believe it or not, I have a story about salt. I'm talking salt, like in a salt shaker. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so in my first newsroom in Providence, Rhode Island, there were salt dispensers around the newsroom. Um, they look sort of like those dispensers you see on the wall that have hand sanitizer in them today. Uh -huh. And you push, you push the bottom and the, Hand sanitizer falls, you know, falls in your hand. Mm -hmm. 
So the first time I worked there twice, I was an intern one summer and then I, I went back and worked a couple of years. So the mm -hmm. first time I worked there um, in the summer, I immediately noticed that we had the windows were open all the time. There was no air conditioning in the building. And, and I'm not even sure we needed it up there. There probably were maybe 10 days out of the summer that it got kind of hot. But the rest of the time, you just, you know, you just open the window. So mm -hmm. there, you know, so we had these salt dispensers and you, uh, as I said, you put your hand under them and the salt comes out. Um, that was because I, I asked about it and I was told, well, on really hot days, because we don't have air conditioning, you want to be sure you prevent cramping. Cramping. Like wow. The limbs, you know, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. So the other night, it's about two o'clock in the morning. And I'm sure our listeners have had this experience. And for those of you who are medical professors, uh, professionals, I tell you, you know, I have not been to medical school, so, you know, don't blame me if this doesn't work medically, but it works for me and the people I'm told about it. Right. So I got a cramp in my right leg. I just, it woke me up. It hurt so bad. It woke me up. And as much as I tried to suppress the pain and I moved my leg around and I kept praying, you know, God help me. I need to stop this pain. Oh, um, I, what I needed was some salt. And I used to keep salt by the bed in a little packet, but I know for for last I don't know year or so, I just forgot to put salt. You know the kind you get from the restaurant with the, the, you know, the, the, the little salt and pepper. Yeah, like with the in the napkin and the fork mm -hmm. and the and the and the knife and all that. I would just save some of those salt packets and keep it near the bed. And so then after a while, the pain in the right leg went to the left leg. So I here I was dragging myself down the hall to go get the salt shaker and put some salt in. And as soon as I put the salt in my on my tongue, I just kind of threw it up there. The pain went away. It works for me every single time. It's never not worked. Then I drank some water behind that. And then I grabbed, uh -huh. I had some salt packs in the, in the kitchen. So I took some to the bedroom. Didn't even need them the rest of the night. I went back to sleep. Haven't needed it since. So that's... um. That's my uh, wisdom today is keep the salt nearby, just in case you start cramping up in your limbs. Well, that's it for this fifth episode of Two Old Chicks. We want to thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tell others about our podcast. Plus, um, we enjoy reading your comments and feedback, so please keep that coming. Oh, we love the comments and the feedback. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and uh, share two old chicks on Spotify and YouTube. You know, we're trying to get to that uh, at least those hundred uh, subscribers on YouTube. So uh, uh, subscribe to it also so that you never miss an episode. Uh, plus, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Old Chicks Podcast. That's about it. I think, mm -hmm. I think we can wrap this one up. Okay, let's do it. We'll see you soon. Take care. Love and peace. Bye-bye, everybody. Love, love.